Hello and welcome back to your weekly witch fix. Today I'm going to get real with you because I'm starting to believe that a decent film has never been made about witches, but I'm sure that's not true. I have seen good films about witches, but unfortunately those are the films that I have elected not to review because everyone already knows about them, like The Craft, Witches of Eastwick, and the the, the the witch or the witch so unfortunately i'm left with piles of garbage like what i've just sat through so what we're looking at today is wake the witch a film released in 2009 put on dvd in 2011 it's rated a certificate 15 but honestly i didn't really see much in it that warranted that certificate there's a teeny bit of fairly mild swearing and you see some blood at some point but i mean there's nothing that scary about it it is apparently a girl meets monster production and i've never heard of those people but uh, several of the reviews that i uncovered make reference to it being a locally produced student film so that's probably why i will also add that this dvd arrived when ordered from ebay dusty which is not much of a recommendation but I thought today, being what it is and it not being very nice weather outside, I would take a chance of watching this film. So what we have on the box is no reviews whatsoever. And it lists it being in colour as one of the qualities of the film, which I find very strange. So the back of the box gives the blurb, which I'm just going to read. 100 years ago, an angry mob intent on justice for their murdered children hang the woman they believe is the murderer. They brand her a witch, wrap her body in chains and bury it deep in the woods. When Deb and her friends play a childhood game on the witch's wooded grave, they open the door to death. As her friends and family begin to change into something less than human, Deb struggles to stop the witch's curse, but her search for the truth will reveal an evil beyond her imagination. And that's about as good as the writing gets, unfortunately. So the film kicks off and Deb is in the forest with her friends Trixie and Karen. And they are taking photographs for Deb's photographic portfolio, which is going to get her into a photography class, she hopes. These photos just involve the two friends of hers sort of playing silly buggers with some very cheap looking feather boas on a log in the forest. So, um... I mean, I don't know how that would get you into photography class unless it was some sort of amateur pornography one. While leaving the forest, Trixie trips up and she says that she must have tripped on a snake or something. Not a tree root. She thinks she's tripped on a snake. And it turns out that what she is tripped on is actually a piece of chunky metal chain, which is partly buried in the earth. And Deb queries, why would anyone bury a chain? At which point her friends both say at the same time, wake the witch, which they can't believe she hasn't heard about. It's apparently a local story about this witch who was killed for um, killing local children. And that after she was dead, they wrapped her in chains and buried her. And that if you find one of the chains, you follow it to the tree where she was hanged and you can get her to rise and tell you your future if you do a sort of little ritual type thing like the kinds of things that you would do in parlor games at home you know when you like breathe on the mirror or you say certain things in a certain order and then turn around and touch the ground and drink some milk or whatever i don't really play these games because i 
um, sane. So they follow this buried chain, which at this point seems unburied because they're kind of going hand over hand and they get to this just sort of patch of dirt where there is no tree. But uh, Trixie decides that she's going to do the, the wake the witch ritual, which I think involves walking in a circle and then you kiss the back of your left hand and something else and she's meant to like show up. So nothing happens and they leave. So far, this is quite similar to me to other films that I've watched, namely Don't Knock Twice and The Midnight Man, which both have these kind of uh, little parlour game type things that you do to summon spirits, uh, which I don't know why you'd want to do, because it seems like it's like, do this thing, summon a spirit, the spirit will kill you, end of the movie. And it's like, why would anyone do that when there's like no reason? And I remember watching this YouTube video with a someone I know who's kind of obsessed with this kind of thing of like videos of real ghosts caught on camera which are on YouTube but there is a game where you basically challenge a demon to a game of hide and seek in your house and you do it by going to a certain room of the house and facing a direction at a certain time of night and you say something and then the demon is challenged and you have to hide and he finds you he claims your soul for eternity and it doesn't tell you what you get if you win and I fail to understand why anyone would attempt this so they're very much along those lines and also similar to the every movie that i've ever seen which involved a ouija board it's just you know people play around with these things and then things happen so it, it, it wasn't a terribly original beginning it also gave me a bit of nightmare on elm street in terms of its subject matter because i kind of thought that maybe they would turn out to be related to the people who had killed the witch at the beginning and maybe that's why everything was happening but we'll, we'll see that that's not the case so the film continues and various people fall ill with a mystery bug and I was sort of watching this and I kind of had a few thoughts about the acting and the way it was put together just because a lot wasn't actually happening it was just people having conversations and moving to different rooms and different buildings and having more conversations with other people. The acting is kind of on the bad side of average it's not like laughably bad the actors are just kind of walking around and they kind of seem like real people, I guess, but real people who are kind of boring to watch and who don't really enunciate very clearly. So a lot of the dialogue is very quiet. It's very difficult to understand what some of them are saying and they're just kind of boring in the way they stand around talking to each other. But in the kind of way that it's boring to watch A-level students put on a play, there's some effort going in, just it's not really paying off. There's also a definite feeling that they're just the friends or relations of whoever wrote this being roped into someone's passion project, which kind of makes sense with it being a student film. And likewise, all the locations seem to be like real places that haven't been set dressed or purposefully set up for this film. And a lot of it takes place in like parking lots, laybys, just on the street, behind buildings, just places where you might be able to get permission to film for a little bit and also in people's houses there was one quite amusing point where they're watching television and i'm fairly certain that what was on the tv was something else that had been recorded by the filmmakers to be played on the tv because they didn't have the rights to anything similarly the music kind of seesaws between lifetime plinkety plonkety piano and like weird off-brand rock music which i'm guessing they either got rights free online or someone's cousin was in a band another amusing moment is when the main character goes downstairs into the dark basement and she snaps the light on and off a few times and is like the light isn't working i'm gonna have to go down into this dark 
basement oh dear but you can clearly see through a window in the basement which I don't know why there's a window in the basement but that is curtained and full sunlight is shining on the curtain so all she had to do was open it and I'm guessing this is because they had to film that bit during the day for some reason maybe that's when their parents were out so after doing the whole wake the witch thing nothing really happens for a good long while and then they go back to the woods to look for Karen's razor flip phone because her dad will kill her if she's lost it and it's at this point that Trixie starts hearing this weird noise which kind of sounds like crickets and crows but put through a synthesizer and really really loud and she starts hearing this and then her ears start to bleed and she passes out so they carry her back to the car and then she has a seizure and then she gets taken to hospital this is followed then by more people coming down with this mysterious vomiting bug uh, the main character's brother mark has it her mum picks it up um, then trixie's entire family get it so it's kind of spreading around. I wasn't really sure what this had to do with the witch, if anything. But there we go. The main character's boyfriend also cheats on her and she catches him. And that's also unrelated to the whole witch thing. So it just felt like a lot of stuff had been put into this that didn't really need to be there. And the running time is 114 minutes, which isn't short. But watching it made me feel like it was 1400 minutes long. And in the end, I had to resort to watching quite large sections of it on two times fast forward just to get through people standing in a room looking at each other and then looking down and then looking up and then looking up and down the street and wondering, maybe I should get in my car and then slowly walking to their car and then getting in the car and then driving away. At one point, there was an, and I'm not kidding here, a 30 second long shot of just the camera at a glass of water which was not plot relevant in any way. Wasn't sure what that was about. It was just very boring. The filming itself is a bit odd because I don't think these people had lights. So when it's dark, it's very, very dark. And when it's well lit, it's still dark because it's only being lit by like one overhead light in a room or one candle or one lamp. And when they go outside at night, you literally can't see what's happening. You can just kind of see like the top of people's heads in the moonlight and where they're holding a torch it also is shot quite a lot from um, a fixed camera i'm not like a, a film technology person but basically it, it looks like it's shot by they've set up a camera in the corner of the room and then acted in front of it and then it's occasionally cuts to like a different shot from a different angle where they've set up the camera again and recorded there aren't a lot of like panning shots or tracking shots or whatever they're called the camera isn't moving at any point it's not like following people I think there are maybe one or two things that are like that in the film but most of it is from this fixed camera it's also very kind of like full scene you don't get many close-ups or variations there are a couple of very odd close-ups where someone's face like fills the whole screen but from the side while they're eating a bowl of cereal and it's really odd it's quite a weird choice aside from this the dialogue is quite competently written there weren't really any lines that made me kind of laugh or feel that they were ridiculous it's written fairly fine they talk like real people even if what they're talking about is of very little interest to the viewer at this point the main character deb goes to catch up with her brother mark his new apartment he's not there but she does meet a guy who i initially thought was called brent but then later on i thought i heard him get called greg more on brent greg later so she talks to him and it turns out he's to do with the historical society so he's mainly the source of the law on the forest that they've been going to and the witch 
One hour into this film and stuff started happening. It was weird stuff. It made not very much sense. Basically, Deb and Karen go back to the woods to look for the phone a second time. And while they're there, Karen is kidnapped by some guys in hoodies. And Deb is kind of cornered by her brother, Mark, who blows on her face and then she passes out. And she wakes up in her car, like on the edge of the wood. And then she goes home because that was all normal and no one needs to talk about that ever again. It continues to plod on. This is a film that is far, far, far too long for the actual amount of content that they had. Also, nothing that's happening seems to involve the witch. We kind of go away from the the witch story we heard at the beginning and it goes into more to do with this illness. And Brent slash Greg shows up and tells Deb about an epidemic that happened in the 1930s where this contagion was found to have originated at the park. So the park was fenced in and the only people who were ever in there after that were the hobos that originally lived there. And then he kind of reiterates the Witch of the Wood story from before, that she took kids and killed kids and that they then killed her. But he doesn't link that in with the contagion story at all, so it seems like those two things are just wildly unconnected. So I wasn't really sure at this point if this film was even about a witch or if they just sort of made half of one film and then thought that they'd much rather make a zombie story instead. It's kind of implied that there's a bit of a cover-up because when Greg slash Brent starts asking these questions, he gets told to, like, shut up. And the police kind of warn Deb off investigating this. At this point, my dad came downstairs. So he started watching the last sort of hour of this film with me. And Brent slash Greg turned up again and they said his name. And I was like, ah, OK, I think he is called Brent. That sounded like Brent. And then he said, mm, I think it sounded like Ben. So... I tried to turn subtitles on only to find out that this does not have subtitles, but subsequent checking on IMDb shows that it was Brent. I was right all along. So I got that out of this film, at least. At this point, uh, Deb starts sort of randomly finding these big patches of cobwebs on random door handles around her house. And they're the kind of cobwebs that you buy in a packet from Asda at Halloween for like 99p. And you kind of stretch this like nylon material and it creates cobwebs. I have no idea what cobwebs had to do with the witch. It was not previously noted that she was a spider person. So this just confused the issue even more for me. 30 minutes left to go in the film. The witch is sighted briefly in a dream sequence. There are like nine dream sequences in this film and none of them are very interesting because it's all just the main character in the woods with a slightly different filter on the camera and people whispering, wake the witch, wake the witch, wake the witch. And I was like, she's woke. She got woke up in like the beginning 15 minutes of the film pre credit So she's, she's awake. Why are you telling her to wake her up? It's very confusing. Uh, this is also when the, the bloody violence that I was warned about on the cover happens. But I don't know if it counts as bloody violence if you can't tell what you're looking at. Because all I saw was some blood on a bed and a lot of cobwebs. I mean, I'm not going to warn for that unless you just really hate the sight of fake blood. We also at this point find that the witch wasn't hanged. She was buried alive because Deb goes into what looks to me like one of those little brick buildings, like electric substations. She goes through like a little trapdoor in that and then bizarrely up a big flight of stairs, even though she's at ground level and it's a single story hut. 
she goes up all these stairs and she finds her brother in a room with a, a sort of desiccated mummified body wrapped in chains in a cage and he says that the witch was buried alive in this little building and chained up because she saw something and tried to warn the town about it but they didn't believe her and then kids died and so they blamed her for it and she was sort of interred here and that that thing that she saw is that thing that's making the weird crow noise and it's in this like big hole in the wall which is all shadowy and I was sitting there thinking is it giant spiders is it aliens because he's making it sound like giant alien spiders and I'm confused then Mark says that the witch being there like chained up has kept that thing imprisoned and that the chains are also now helping because it doesn't like metal this thing whatever it is and then he attacks Deb and she burns him with a tire iron honestly at this point it was just so dark in there because there was only one candle to provide light and I really wasn't sure what I was looking at at all so I can only guess as to what was happening uh, so I think she subdues Mark with her tire iron and then there's sort of a rumbly rumbly earthquake effect and the film kind of ends with her taking the chains off of the body and wrapping them around herself and sitting down in the cage in front of the hole in the wall which is kind of doing creepy kid whispering but in a way where I couldn't understand what they were saying also there's no subtitles so I couldn't look that up I was confused by this I thought okay so she's taking the witch's place and she's keeping this thing here but without knowing what that thing is I don't understand how that would work and that confused me even more so I went to look it up on Wikipedia and it has no Wikipedia page so I will just probably just remain confused forever on the plus side I think the story of the witch and the fact that she was there to protect the town instead of there to curse the town just sort of been the implication throughout the film is a good one I would like to see a better film about that and it makes sense if maybe there's like a, a spirit or something that she was keeping there because if it's aliens I don't really see how they're going to be stopped by just some chains on the ground so I feel like there was a good idea buried in this somewhere and that while the writing of the actual dialogue is fair and okay the actual writing of the plot is not great and kind of veers wildly between different things and then in, in the middle section of the film which is about an hour and a half of the running time just nothing happens of any interest whatsoever and I really struggled to maintain any attention during that bit fortunately I was also eating lunch so that distracted me for a little bit as with our other film which was also not worthy of having a quote section of IMDb there don't seem to be any quotes available on the internet for this however I have again found some reviews which I think neatly sum up how I feel about it and these are taken from IMDb uh, Jera E gives it two out of ten stars and says awful too strong a word but pretty close to it I give it two stars because one has to recognise that someone, somewhere, put a fair amount of work into this turd. But I'm sorry to say your work was in vain. The acting was really bad, with odd pauses and at best mediocre writing. Throughout most of the film it feels like it was put together with a meat cleaver, so kudos to the editor. 
Now it does have its interesting moments, like the way the ghosts, or whatever they are, move through the forest like four-legged, running like primates was cool. Other than that, it's hard to find something that's worth mentioning. Save your time and money, even if it's free, toss it. I paid 10 pesos for it, and that was too much money. Marie Baptiste gives it 1 out of 10 and says, Not even cult-worthy. This is not a real movie, this is someone's idea of a joke. First of all, the quality of the film must be someone's camcorder with the sound quality in accordance. There are no special effects unless you count Halloween spider webbing and fake blood, and even that has no relation to the scenes involved. The acting, if you can call it that, is worse than a school play. There is not one good thing about this movie. Believe me when I tell you I've even liked movies that received bad reviews. I watched this so-called movie to the end, and the more I watched, the madder I got at the lying reviews of anyone who said anything positive about it. Not even worth a rental. That is actually something that I forgot to mention when I was going over my experience of watching it. The actual quality of the camera recording. Like, I was surprised when I looked at the box and saw that this was recorded in 2009, because watching it, it looks like something that was filmed on a low budget in 1990. It's just very grainy and very kind of washed out colour wise. The sound is quite bad. And here's me saying that with my like £15 microphone, which does not make me sound amazing but there's a point when they're driving in the car and recording at the same time and there's wind blowing into the microphone as they're trying to do dialogue and that scene also worried me because they clearly weren't green screening it so they were driving but also the lady who was driving was having to act and I felt concerned for their safety. <laughs> it also isn't very scary at all so it kind of fails at being a horror film. I'm, I don't really know what genre I would put this in is there a genre for films that people just shouldn't watch? Um, I suppose it makes an interesting watch if you want to look at something that is purely made by amateurs and made by people who aren't like in the professional field of filmmaking. But if you're not on a course where you want to analyse things like that, I would probably give it a mix. I am looking for better films that have witches in, and I do have a couple that I need to watch. Um, they're sort of piling up on my end table, but I will get to them. And if you have any recommendations of films that are better than this one, and better than Mark of the Witch, which actually is the better of the two that I've reviewed so far, sadly, please do get in touch. Our Twitter is at witchfix, and you can get in touch by email at witchfixpodcast at gmail.com. I hope you've enjoyed this episode, and I'll see you next week. Bye!